let's start this off. Um, Tom, I know entitlement culture has been a hot topic for you. I've seen a few of your posts on LinkedIn. So I just want to, I know you probably have a, um, a lot to get off your chest for that. Like, so where, where did entitlement culture come from for you? And what do you actually mean by it? Um, so I think, I think the, enti- the entitlement word um, could be used in, in, in different contexts and, and different scenarios. I think where it, it's come from for me, and it's become a, a real bugbear of mine, um, I think COVID probably was a big player in it. I think COVID created a, a, a different mentality for a lot of people. Um, and I think what, what happened with that was I think we were, we were going on a bit of a journey anyway. So everyone talks yeah. about the millennials. Everyone talks about this millennial culture um, as being a bit more demanding, um, a bit more, not arrogant, I suppose, but a bit more, they kind of, they kind of, they're not as fearful of, say, losing a job. They're not as fearful of, well, if I can't get a job, you know, I'm, I'm going to be struggling. Mm. The millennials have got this kind of mentality where it's kind of like, well, I'll get another job. You know, I'll, I'll get another opportunity. So I think that we're on that kind of journey anyway with this millennial culture. Yeah. Um, and that's not a bad thing necessarily. Do you reckon um, it stems from like parents just build, like doing the groundwork and then they have now the options to just be like, I don't know, they have, I think, they have well, options. I, I, so I think, I think there's a lot of factors. I think, I think the world is advanced. I think we've yeah. become a lot more free and, and liberal in certain things. I think social media has played a massive part. There's all these things have created a mentality where I don't know, the, the world has become a lot less fearful of certain things. And, and I think that's happened with the millennials. Millennials are kind of coming into the world now a bit more cocky. They're a bit more, well, I can do this, I can do that. I can, I can be a YouTuber, I can be an influencer. So there's that kind of mentality of, well, I'll just go and do what I want, you know. Um, and that's cool. And I think that's yeah. great. And I think, I think there's, there's lots of good things there. You chuck in COVID and COVID suddenly went... You work from home, don't worry about going to the office, don't worry about traveling, don't worry about all of this stuff. And it's almost like we've now got into this explosion of this entitlement mentality where, well, I should have that. I should, I should work from home. I should have all these benefits. And you kind of then look at them and go, well, why should you? And I think that's the issue for me because what's, when I was young, and I'm, I'm 40, so when I was 20 years ago, you know, 23 years ago when I started working, I had to work hard. You know, there was no, you're just going to get given this, you're not going to have this free ride. I had to work. You know, I, I had to get up early in the morning, you know, half seven, seven o'clock. You know, I had to get train into London, you know, when it was, it was peeing down with rain. Um, I had to work hard. I wasn't given anything. There wasn't any free ride. There wasn't any uh, handouts. There was nothing. And, and I think, I think the mentality now, there isn't that. And, and I'm seeing it in so many different age groups. What do you feel like? The younger people are just more relaxed. Would you say, in terms of like they're not as hungry? Yeah, I don't. Uh, not as hungry is harsh because you're you're a young guy. Um, you're 24. 23. 23. You're hungry, um, 
So I don't, I don't necessarily think they're not hungry. I think, I think they're getting a lot more. Uh, and I think that's the problem. I think, um, I think we're giving people a lot more than perhaps we did before. Mm. And, and I think like anything, when you give someone something, like too much at the start, then they'll start to expect they it. They want more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know. So, so you know, you've got, you've got university kids that actually parents are kind of going, well, it doesn't really matter if you don't pass your degree. So they're kind of yeah. like, okay. Um, you know, I, I've seen kids who struggle at school and they're kind of like, yeah, I'm finding it really hard. You know, my lesson's too hard. And they're chucking out, it's becoming stressful. Oh, you know, I'm getting really anxious. And obviously that's a whole different can of worms. You, know, you start throwing out the mental health kind of thing. But parents are then going, okay, well, don't worry about school, darling. Don't worry about, go, don't worry about it. You, know, you stay at home or we'll, we'll homeschool you. you know? um, so the child's then kind of going, well, oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty easy. Um, they then go, okay, we'll go to, we'll go to college. Mm. You know, um, all right, go to college. Try that one. You know, let's see if college works. Your school didn't work, but go to college. Three months into college. Oh, yeah, you know, I don't like it. My teacher's... Bullying me, my teacher's mean to me, so they start moaning to the parents again, going, "Yeah, I don't like it." Okay, darling, don't worry, you can leave college. You know, and I think that's the problem now is we're we're creating this almost this mentality of, well, there is no consequence. Do you know what I mean? There is no consequence. You know, if if a child fails at university because they mm. kind of just found it hard and gave up, what's the consequence? There isn't one. You know, like giving them a sense of like responsibility yeah. instead of okay, you failed, it's, it's okay. And 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 then and then you then go okay, so that's the that's the kind of the youth, the kind of the, the the school, the college, maybe uni. You put that in the context of the real world because that's how they've been brought up. Mm. That's how they've been taught that there is no consequence. There is no um, there is no shame in failing. There is no well, you know, you're going to have to go and and do this. Then there's none of that because they go. Don't worry about it, just chill. So then they go to work. Actually, they're kind of going to work with that mentality going, well, if it doesn't work out, I'll get another job. Well, if it doesn't work out, I'll stay at home. I mean, one of the things, again, that I, I look at, which has changed a lot in, in the 23 years of me kind of in business and, and, you know, turning into an adult, you know, at 40, people are staying at home longer. You know, people are staying at home till they're 30. That was never the case when, when I was growing up. You wanted to move out. Yeah. You know, you wanted to get out. I go back to my parents. You know, my parents got married at 21. They had the first house at 22. They had three kids by 27. That was the mentality then. And, and actually, I don't agree with that mentality. I don't agree with you go to school, you get married, you have kids, you have a job, you retire, that's it. I don't agree with that because I think that's, that's so restrictive and that's not the way the world should be. Um, but I think we've gone the other way. So the other way now is stay at home till you're 30. Don't worry about it. Chill. In some cases, 40. I see people that are still at home at 40 because it's easy, you know, and actually the parents are kind of going, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, you know, they're just comfortable. So, so I think, I think that's where this has all changed. I think is it's become more acceptable to not do things. You know, you can fail at school, you can fail at uni, you can fail at college. It doesn't matter. Um, you can go and get a job. And if you don't like that job, get another job. The problem is as well, and this is where, again, COVID is, COVID has kind of created this sort of worse situation, is we're now making it even easier. So we're now going, you can work from home. 
you know, companies are going, flexi hours. Yeah, don't worry about that. We've got, any, you know, you can pick your hours. You know, so we're, we're making the world even easier for people. You know, and, and again, you know, part of me gets that. You know, I think if you, if you have an inherent work ethic, right, so if you've got a, an absolute motivation that is just in you, you know, an inherent work ethic, an absolute drive, determination, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what job you do, it doesn't matter the environment you're in, yeah, you are going to work bloody hard. Yeah. If you aren't that person and someone goes to you, you can get out of bed when you want, you can, you live with your parents, you know, your mum will bring you a cup of tea probably at nine o'clock in the morning, you can start work at 10 if you want to, you know, we're not going to moan at you if you don't. Um, you don't have to come in the office ever. Uh, you don't have to let me know when you finish your work. If you create that environment for someone that doesn't want to work, what are they going to do? Because mm. I remember reading some of the LinkedIn comments um, and a lot of people like push back on it. Like, what's your view on the people that say like, it's just more productive because it avoids the, the time sitting in traffic. Um, they get, I don't know, some people get distracted in the office. They're just more productive at home. Like, what's your think, take I on that? I think there's truth in that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I commute into London and, and, you know, I don't get the train for many reasons. Um, one of the reasons is it's not productive. You know, when I'm in the car, I can do calls. I can, you know, I, I sit in the car for an hour and a half. I can do my calls. I can put the phone on speaker, you know, Bluetooth, and, and I can wrap through my calls. So, so, but it's still an hour and a half. And then you think about coming back, that's three hours out of your day. So for yeah. me, going into London is an all-day thing. Um, so there definitely is a productivity element, which I completely get. But my argument to those people is a lot of them, I think they're looking for the easy option. I think they are. I, I think, you know, I, I used this on a, on a post recently. I interviewed a girl who lives in Aylesbury. Now bear in mind, we're in Trent. We're 10 minutes from Aylesbury. You live in Aylesbury. I live yeah. in Aylesbury. Um, young girl, first job, I think. She might have had a short stint, somewhere six months. Wants to get into recruitment. You know, approached me. I didn't approach her. Uh, saw the company, saw the brand. This is great, want to be a part of it, would love to be involved. You know, said all the right things. Interviewed her, really liked her, really engaging, personable, thought, yeah, she's she's cool, you know, nice young girl. We got onto the conversation of location and office and all those kind of things. And and she said to uh, I said to her, I said, Yeah, we do we do two or three days in the office, two or three days at home, really flexible. We start at ten, we finish at five, pretty chilled. Straight away she went, Oh, um, yeah, I need to be fully remote. And, and it was the word, I need to be fully remote. And I was like, oh, okay. I said, is that, is that a childcare issue? No, 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 I've got children. Um, okay. Um, I said, do you not drive then? Yeah, no, I drive. Okay. So why do you need to be at home? Um, I, you know, I was kind of thinking of any other reason why I need to be at home. She's like, well, I just, you know, I want to be at home. And, I, be at home. and I'm like, but you've got no basis to judge that on. You've got no basis to go, yeah, that's the right thing for me, you know, for my career, my development, my, my professional um, progression. That's the right choice for me. There's nothing to base that on. Mm. You know, she's doing it because it's bloody easy. She's doing it because, yeah, I want to be at home. I want to watch this morning. I want to watch Loose Women. Yeah. I want to, you know, get up and I want to get up because my mates are doing it, actually, because I've seen, I've seen all these cool tech companies are all doing it and I want a bit of that. Do you reckon it's more important for, like, younger people then to have Definitely. a bit of a, a mixture just so what like earlier on in their career they have um they build the right behavior so Absolutely. then 
So then like, I don't know, a few years down the line, they can go fully remote because well, they picked up that, um, the, the good habits. Yeah, I mean, look, so I, for example with me, right? So when I, was, when I was 17, I went and did car sales. Yeah. You know, car sales, you have to be there, you know, and it was old school, it was, it was in a car showroom. You know, the, the car sales guys were like mid 50s, gray hair, feet on the desk, smoking cigars, smoking cigarettes. It was brilliant, you know, and, and it was proper like Arthur Daly, Del Boy types, um, selling cars, you know, and it was used cars and it was down and dirty and, it, you know, it, brilliant. I learned so much from watching those guys. As a 17-year-old that thought I knew everything, watching those guys selling and the patter, uh, uh, you know, there's a guy called Mickey Desbro, I always remember him. Um, you know, he would, he would do all the stupid things, like an old lady would walk in and, and he'd be like, hello, my darling, is it your 25th birthday? You know, stupid little things like that. But as a 17-year-old, I'm like, this is brilliant. Yeah, you take you know, that in and I'm you, like, try, oh you try it yourself. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, and so it's all those things. I learned so much. I learned so much. And it was hard and it was horrible. And I remember selling cars in December and you have to go out on the forecourt and the battery's dead on a car that's four cars back in, in the car park and somebody wants to test drive that car and it's minus six degrees and you're out there and you're freezing and it's early and it's cold and it's starting to sleep and you've got to go and get a battery charger to charge the battery and you've got to move three cars to get that car out yeah. and you finally get that car out and they're not interested. It's horrible, yeah. but I learned so much in that environment and, and I think, I think and that's an extreme example, but I think by removing all of that, by saying to people, don't worry about it, chill at home, watch Loose Women, you know, don't worry about it, you know, just work when you want, do what you want. We've now created this mentality where people don't have this hard work expectation. They don't have this view of, I'm going to graft and I'm going to hustle and I'm going to do whatever it takes. They don't because we're going, yeah, just do it. Just chill. You know, mm. don't worry about it. And if it's, if it's crap and you don't like it, go and get another job. And, and the problem is there is other jobs. And, and, and you say that negatively, or I say it negatively, because you kind of go, oh my God, there's other jobs that would offer that. That's great for the economy that we're giving all these jobs. But it's creating a no-fear culture. It's creating a, an entitlement culture where people are going, well, that doesn't really bother me. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll go and get a better job. And what, you're not going to pay me 25 grand as my first job? Well, they are, I'll go and get it. So it's, it's completely changed the dynamic, I think. And, and I'm talking a lot about young people because I think experienced people don't necessarily have entitlement mentality. Experienced people, older people, they have worked. They've worked hard for the ability, the right to work from home. They've worked hard to get to where they are. They've hustled, they've grafted, they've stood on a train station in the rain. Mm -hmm. um, and... and you know, and I think there is there is character building in that, and I think, yeah, definitely. I'd say that the, the biggest issues for me are that people don't care anymore, and, and as I say, and it's it's a culture that's driven from school, it's a culture that's driven from university, college, and it's now got into work where they just want everything, and they're not really necessarily going to work for it. They want yeah, it, yeah. want everything, work, want to do like um, minimal work to get it. Yeah, I think so. And, and, you know, I think that's because we've made it too easy. You know, I think we've made it all too easy for people to, to do all right, you know. I mean, I, I, when I hire people now, as you, as you know, I ask personal questions. Mm. So what's your living situation? You know, do you have a girlfriend? Yeah, do you live at home still? Um, 
what you're motivated by, what kind of car do you drive? And I do that because I want to get a sense of who you are and what you're about. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna discriminate you for having the you know a crap car, yeah. but I want to know where your head's at. You know, um, so you think about our kind of industry, sales, recruitment. If someone said to me, they said they were 25, 26, like, yeah, I live at home. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not really motivated by nice things. You know, I've I've got a you know a clapped out 25 year old Fiesta that'll do me. Those things would concern me because I'm going. Well, you've got it quite cushy. You're living at home. You know, you haven't got fear of rent and mortgage. Mm. Um, you're not bothered about material things like cars. You're quite happy plodding along. Um, you know, you look at their last job and maybe they stayed in their job for two or three years and, and didn't really look at progressing. They're all red flags. Yeah. You go, well, that's probably not the kind of person. Apart I want. from like material stuff, even like kids, family, like things that will add a bit of pressure to the working life to make them want to achieve. Is it like those other things as well? Yeah, yeah. everything. You, yeah. You've got to have. There's got to be fear, I think, for people to to be truly successful. You've got to have fear, and, and that fear can be, you know bills, it can be debt, it can be fear of failure, it can be fear of not being able to support your family, yourself, it could be fear of uh, not achieving the success you wanted to achieve, it could be fear of oh, many things, but there's got to be an element of fear. You know, I have fear yeah. in the job that I'm in now. I've loads of fear. I have fear of what if all this comes crumbling down. Yeah. I've got fear of every employee that works for me because yeah. I, I take that responsibility on my shoulders. Yeah. People have got families. You know, I've got family that work in this business and, you know, my sister-in-law, for example, her kids are my nieces and nephews. So I've got fear that if I do this badly, yeah. she's going to lose her job. My niece and nephews are going to struggle. They could lose their home. So there's, you've got to have fear. Yeah. This is where like fear can be um, translated into like a good thing, right? Massively. You can use it to drive you. I remember. You can't, yeah, you can't have fear yeah. that's going to cripple you. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Otherwise you wouldn't get out of bed. Yeah. Um, you've got to have fear that motivates you. You know, I like that, but yeah. people don't get that, and actually, some people, some people can't, they can't harness that fear because it becomes too much, and then you get into this period of of anxiety and stress, and it all gets too much, and you can't then perform. You know, so you've you've got to have an element of fear. You also have an element of hunger, desire, excitement, passion. You've got to have all those things. Um, it's not just fear. fear. Fear's a good driver. Mm. You know, fear's driven me for years. Yeah, if you can use it correctly, because there'll be some people that um, they'll 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 see the fear, they'll they'll feel anxious, and they'll just be like, okay, I'm gonna just take the easy way, Ooh. take the easy route. But but I don't think, and we go back to the, the, the kind of the topic we're talking about, which is entitlement. Mm. There is no fear. You know, so if if we talk about a lot of the things that that you know I, I think are wrong in the world right now, there is no fear. So look at my three kids, for example. You know, my three kids are, are quite privileged children now, and, and they've grown up in an era of iPads and smart TVs. The iPad era. Yeah, yeah. It, they are, you know. And they've, they've all three of them have got um, Apple phones. You know, even my six-year-old hasn't got a SIM card and all that. That'd be mental, but, but you know. <laughs> just for apps. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. for apps. YouTube, just to keep them entertained. YouTube, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but they've all got smartphones, they've got iPads, um, they've all got TVs in the bedroom, um, they go on you know, holidays, they live in big houses, they never want for anything. And part of me looks at that and goes, that's part of the problem. Mm. Oh, this, I'd be curious to know, like, so as they get older then, and 
obviously start preparing for like the working world and they're going through I don't know like um, the last stages of school thinking about college uni is there anything that that you'd like do to try and like draw like to give them that um that that hunger drive feeling or like that well, fear I, I mean when I, I I'm quite a grounded person anyway mm. you know um I I kind of stay true to my roots and, and I, yeah. I try not to I try not to get too carried away in myself. It, I can do, you know, and, and I know I can do. Um, your ego kicks in or, you know, certain moments you kind of lose yourself in your own hype a little bit. Yeah. But generally I'm quite grounded and, and quite normal. Um, and I think my kids have that. But I think accidentally and potentially subconsciously they are growing up in quite a privileged environment. And, you know, we don't necessarily um, treat them the same way that my parents would have treated me, mm. you know. I remember failing my GCSEs terribly, you know, because I just didn't care. You know, I, just wasn't, I was interested in football and girls, mm. that was it. You know, I wasn't interested in, in geography and history and arable farming and sedimentary rocks. It just wasn't on the radar. Um, so I failed massively, you know, G's in German and, and G's in history. But even though you can get a G. <laughs> my kids don't know what it is. Um, yeah. It's all ones and twos, I think. Yeah. But, um, but it was like, so fearful of that coming through my door. Yeah. So fearful. And I remember my mum crying. I remember my dad, just this disappointment of what you're going to do with your life. It was horrendous because I failed my GCSEs. Do you reckon that was a wake up call then? Just like, probably not. Oh, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Okay. I don't think I cared that much. Uh, I, I think I cared because I didn't want to get in trouble. Yeah, um, yeah. But I didn't care that much. You know, I was loving football. I was, no, I didn't care that much. I, I cared because of it was, I was going to get, a, I was going to get a bit of a telling off. I think yeah. that was my, my fear. Um, but the point I was going to make was, I don't think that'd be a problem now. You know, and, and, and it's stupid because I kind of sit there and I kind of go, I suppose in some respects, because I look at, actually, I've done quite well and, you know, I'm working hard and mm. I failed massively. Yeah. So I then, I then had this mentality of, doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, it is. I, I, I do agree because, you know, with social, connecting everyone now and you can see all like the come ups and stories of these successful entrepreneurs and like yeah. business owners and stuff. And a lot of the stories is they failed school. So then a lot of people think it's cool to yeah, just be like, okay, I'm going to fail. And how mad is that? Yeah. And, 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 and I'm a failure when it came to school. Massive failure. You know, not because I was, I was intelligent. I just didn't care. Mm. I wanted to play football. You know, I was brilliant at football. You know, I wanted to play cricket. I wanted to do athletics. I wanted to play rugby. You know, I would be sitting in a history lesson and, and a girl that I fancied would walk past the window and that was it. I was gone. You know, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to pay yeah. attention to the treat of Versailles. I'm, I want to see where she's going. <laughs> you know, I, it, it, so I, I was a massive failure. But you're right. We kind of promote that a little bit. Is that yeah. all right? Yeah, you know? I feel like the misconception is even though they failed, they they still had to work really, really hard. Probably much harder. Yeah. Well, I I, I failed not through lack of intelligence. Mm. I, I failed because I just didn't care. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I wasn't interested. The ironic thing though is I love history. I love geography. History. I love science. Really? Oh my god! Like, <laughs> I didn't see you as like a geography. No, I love it. I, uh, so yeah, but I love geography in a sense of. Like I want to know about countries, yeah, and yeah. I want to know about like cultures different stuff. cultures. Yeah. I don't care about volcanic rocks, and I don't care about sedimentary rocks, and mm. you know, um, 
nimbus clouds. I don't, I don't care about that. I, I, well, I say I don't care. I'm a bit of a geek, but I like that stuff. But I'm not going to go and research it. I will research countries, and I will research, you know, history yeah. of countries and, and cultures. And you know, history for me is massive. I love history. You know, I love learning about different parts of history. You know, I watch all the National Geographic and, and History Channel documentaries. Mm. But when I was in school, hated it. And and that that again is for me shows that it wasn't that actually I a wasn't intelligent or b wasn't interested. For me at the time, my motivation was different. You know, my motivation was football girls. You know, having fun. Um, the point though, I think of all of that is there was recourse for me when when that went wrong. You know, I got I got a kicking from my parents. You know, um, major you know, disappointment, major upset across the whole family. I think my mum, you know, my mum's one of these these mums that likes to include the whole family. So I'm going to tell your uncle about this. And I'm like, don't tell my uncle about this. Oh, yeah. You know, around that time, it's probably no WhatsApp group chats. Yeah. It's like family gathering. So She's going to announce it to everyone. I'll, I'll be upstairs. I'll hear her on the phone telling my grandma. And I'm like, why are you telling my grandma? I failed GCSEs. Yeah. But, you know, and that's just kind of the family we are a little bit. We, we share things. or I don't, but my mum loves to share these things. Um... But I, I, so I think that was a big thing, disappointment, and, and there was that recourse of you failed, you know. Um, and I got in trouble, and it was a big problem because then what are you going to do? You know, you, you can't do A levels now, yeah. you know. And it's like, well, are you going to go to college? And I was like, I didn't want to go to college because all my mates were at school still. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that's a terrible idea. I don't yeah. want to go to college. How are you like then if um, one of the kids come home with like they failed this or? And, and that, do you know what? And that is that is part of the problem. Yeah. Because, and I'm guilty of this myself, I'd kind of go, okay, well, don't worry. We'll do something else, you know. Um, to be fair, I feel like you probably have to, like, tailor it to um, how they are when they they face, like, failure. Because some people m- might work better with the, it's okay, but then some people might so work I, better with the, with the tailing off. So I think, I think if I think about my kids yeah. and, and how I am, um, so I push them and pressure them on a lot of things. My middle son, Freddie, in particular, I push and pressure him hard mm. um, because he's naturally lazy. Okay. He, he's got a natural um, victim mentality um, and he's got, he's got a lot of traits that unfortunately just prevent him from achieving success because he just will take the easy option. He'll give up. He doesn't want to do it. He'll blame other people when it goes wrong. And, and, and I can see that in him. And it sounds harsh. He's only 11, bless him. But I can see that in him. Um, and, and I push him hard because I don't want that mentality to be who he becomes. Um, so I'm pushing him hard now um, so he doesn't become that person. Yeah. Um, and, and that's hard because you kind of go, I don't want to be a pushy parent. I don't want to be, be fair, You'd rather you do it than someone else do it like when he finishes school or I, something. I think it's because I can see the traits already yeah. and he's 11 years old. I don't want that to become who he is because I know then we're going back into this entitlement culture. It's not my fault, it's their fault. You know, well, I, I, you know, I did my best, but he didn't want me to do it. You know, it's that kind of like, actually, you know, it's you. You are lazy. You know, you don't have the drive. You don't have the motivation. So I'm trying to sort of push that out of him now. Freddie is a good example. Freddie's a really good football player. Really good football player. When he started playing football when he was five or six, he was unbelievable. He was head and shoulders above anybody else. He's, he's strong. He's big. He's powerful. He loves football. He was, he was dominant. We, I took him to um, Tottenham for a training day. 
he got player of the day. He got a trophy out of 50 kids. And actually, I think he was the youngest kid there. He, he's unbelievable. What happened with Freddie, and, and this is a good example of, of where that mentality crept in, was um, I think COVID hit. It was Christmas. So we couldn't play football because of COVID. Christmas anyway is what happened. I think in Christmas, he ate a bit, got out of shape. Because COVID then hit, we didn't get started again with football. So he kind of got into this rut of not playing. Um, he's a big guy. And if he doesn't play football, doesn't stay fit, he puts on weight. He loves his food. Um, yeah, so he, he got out of shape. Yeah. So, of course, when football started again, it was hard. Yeah. You know, what was easy before, this was hard. I could see him, you know, heavy breathing after five or ten minutes. And, again, which, which relates to what we're talking about, he gave up. You know, it was hard because he was out of shape. It was hard because he couldn't do what he could do before. You know, uh, other, other kids were running rings around him. Other kids were faster, fitter. Yeah. He couldn't keep going. And that's so. that thing with COVID, isn't it? Like, either, like, um, use it to, um, to grow or you'd fall in the rut, like, during Yeah, and, and look, as an 11-year-old, over Christmas, you're going to eat a lot of crap. Yeah, you, you yeah right at that age, you don't really think about like, yeah. anything and, else. And, but I think he was unfortunate because then, let's like, say, we had a stop-start because actually I think it was frozen pitches through January, February. COVID hit, couldn't play. So... But what happened, and it's now continued because he's not back playing football. Yeah. So we're, we're three years on or two and a half years on from COVID. He's not back playing football because he hasn't got that desire and that will to go and do it. Mm. And, and as much as I'm pushing him, I'm kind of at the point of, I need you to want to do it yourself. Yeah, it's like, you know, does he even want to do it like right now? He does. He loves football. Yeah, and, yeah. And, but, but he doesn't want to make that effort. He doesn't yeah. want to go, I'm going to get fit and I'm yeah. going to go and play football. It's like he wants to do it, but he's just... Is it just doesn't like, want to do the hard work. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that then, that then, and it's a roundabout way of talking about it. That then comes back to this entitlement culture. Well, well, I want to play football. I love football, but I don't want to do the hard work to do it. I don't want to get myself in shape. I don't want to stop eating. I don't want to train. I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to go for a long run with my dad. Mm. He doesn't want to because it's hard. Mm. And and that for me is where this entitlement thing comes from. Yeah, it's hard. And when that type of mentality goes and goes into the workplace then how do you feel like um what are the solutions to that like how would how do you react you've got to make it harder yeah how so, do you react to that then so i think i think we've got to make it harder for the younger generation in particular because the younger generation are the biggest um guilty sector of this whole entitlement culture you know, as I say, older people, more experienced people, they've worked hard, they've grafted, they've seen tough times, they've worked through hard times, they've got fear, whatever that fear may be. The younger generation are coming through with this kind of fearless, I don't want to work hard, I don't need to work hard actually because it's there, I can just do it and, and I'll get given it and you know, my parents are cool, I can live with them till I'm 40 and they'll pay for most things, they'll pay for me to go on holiday. You know, they don't have that element. So I think we've got to make life harder for the younger people you know we have to um we have to make people accountable for mistakes and and, mm. and errors you know it has to be harder when you fail at school and college and, and university it has to be harder i think it has to be harder to get a job now and the problem is and this is something we'll talk about i'm sure in, in another episode of this social media Social media has exploded in, I don't know, what, the last maybe five years in particular. Yeah. It's created so many opportunities for people to be successful sitting on their ass at home. You know, my kids now, what do you want to be? I want to be a YouTuber. 
It's like, Jesus Christ. But why not? They're, they're looking at all these YouTubers and they're going, yeah, they've got 27 million followers. Mr. Beast, he's worth 50 million quid. Do you not think that's quite cool though to just make money out of just anything? Yeah, yeah of course I do. Yeah. Of course I do. But the negative of it is, is you've got kids now that are going, yeah, I'm not going to go and study. Okay, yeah, I get I'm not going to go and stu- yeah. study astronomy. I'm not going to go and study, uh, study microbiology you know, at university. I'm going to carry on playing Fortnite. I'm going to sit here on my game and I'm going to record it's like myself. An, it's like an excuse to be lazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course it is. And, and the geeks have become cool. Do you know what I mean? The, the, the geeks that actually, you know, everyone used to go, they're sitting there playing, they're, they're now really cool. Yeah, because they're making like loads of they're money. They're making a lot of money. Playing games, yeah. But, but kids are seeing that. You know, kids are seeing that and going, I want a bit of that. You know, how many Instagram accounts you now see of 18 to 25 year olds who think they're influencers? Do you know what I mean? We've got some in our office, you know, taking pictures and, and selfies, thinking they're influencers. It's like, you're not an influencer, but they think they are. And, and actually, I think deep down, their aspiration is to be an influencer. It's like, I want to I be, you know, an Instagram person and I want to get given loads of cool stuff and I want to make loads of money, and, you know. But it's like, mm. it's mental. Do you feel like it's only good if they're still, like, working hard but still have those aspirations? Is it just, like, when they use it as an excuse to be lazy? I think, you, I think you can hustle and you can have side hustles and I think mm. you can... The, the people that I love, you know, and, and... So you're a good example of this. And you know I love you. They're, 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 you know, you've got little hustles you know you've yeah. got you've got your your thai boxing insta page you've got your little trainer thing you do and you've got your job yeah and you went to university and what did you get university first you got first yeah. you know um so and and you know i know you work hard with your personal life and your professional life and you're a very family focused guy you know you're a good example of what i think is right in a sense that your work ethic is unbelievable. You know, you've done a presentation for me at three o'clock in the morning. You know, I didn't ask you to do that. You did that because you wanted to do that. <laughs> that's, that's the thing with the, when you said about the fear, because I obviously I tried to stick to my words. So I've done, you know, I, I balanced it where I've done something with my family and I was like, okay, cool. Now it's time to do this. Yeah. So I just didn't want to, that's but, the, the fear thing as well. And it's not because it's like, um, fuck, I'm, I'm scared to get telling off. I'm just like, I just want to, do it on time. It's like yeah. me giving it to myself. But that, see that for me, all of those character traits are just are just brilliant because you, your work ethic's amazing. You, you're conscientious. You had that fear element of I need to get this done. I want to do the best I can do. You know, you you've worked hard at university. You've got little side hustles going on that you know you keep yourself busy with. All of those things for me are brilliant, and and I would always encourage them. Mm-hmm. You know, I would never go stop doing that because actually for me that's brilliant. You you. It's entrepreneurial, and that's part of the reason why I love you, is because you, there's this entrepreneurial side of you, and, and you're creative, and you're hungry, and you're motivated, and, and I love all that. Where, where, again, it goes the wrong way is when people don't do that stuff, and they just kind of sit there taking pictures on Instagram, and, and they expect themselves to be this, this influencer. Yeah. You know, women are the most guilty of it, and, and you know, it sounds sexist, it isn't meant that way. I think women are smart in, in a sense that they know that the male demographic respond differently than the female demographic do to the male population. Of course they do. You know, men will like hot pictures on Instagram. They do. They comment. You know, women aren't necessarily that bold, maybe. Some are. But men are a lot more forthcoming with it. Um, and that's the whole kind of alpha male, you know. Um, so women will play up to that. And, and you see it all the time. And, and you get young girls that, 
you know, they look at the Boohoo models and they look at the ASOS models and they look at the Pretty Little Thing models and they go, yeah, I'm a bit of that, you know. So they take pictures in their bikinis and they take pictures in their revealing clothes and they go, yeah, Boohoo. And they get loads of likes and they get loads of Insta followers and they get loads of comments. Is it like when and the... It's kind of like, it's like the dark side of it, isn't it? Like when the likes and followers get to people's heads and then they're like, well, I don't want to work. But it kind of fuels that then. It's like, oh my God, maybe I can be an influencer. You're probably not going to be. Let's be honest. You know, an influencer these days is going to have to have millions of followers, um, you know, millions of traction, millions of engagement to become a proper influencer. You know, and people do do it, of course. But there's so many that don't. And I think there's so many examples now of people being deluded by this sense of that's where I can get to. You can't. Not everyone's going to get If it was that easy, we'd all be doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like, if it was that easy, we'd all be on Instagram you know, taking our tops off and, and becoming it. But we're not, because it isn't that easy. So, so I think for every success story, there's millions of failures. But what's happening is our world that we're in is encouraging. That's where you can get to, and that's where you should be. Maybe not, maybe not consciously encouraging, we're subconsciously encouraging. You know, my kids, their biggest idols are YouTubers. Mental. My biggest idol used to be Brad Pitt, Jurgen Klinsmann, who played for Tottenham. They were my biggest idols, you know. And, and yeah, I wanted to be Jürgen Klinsmann. But I knew for me to be Jürgen Klinsmann, I had to work so hard on that football pitch to be Jürgen Klinsmann. Mm. That now doesn't translate. I want to be Mr Beast, the YouTuber that digs a hole and buries his mates in it and films it. You don't have to work hard for that, really. Do you know what I mean? I get there's a sense of you won't achieve that because mm. not everyone achieves that. But you don't have to work hard for it. And I think that's the difference, isn't it? You know, Richard Branson was a massive inspiration in my life, probably as was Alan Sugar. I know for me to replicate what they've done, I've got to work really hard. And I knew that from a young age. What about the YouTubers though? Because when I watch like certain YouTube stories, there's like, I don't know, like Gary Vaynerchuk, when he started YouTube, yeah. he talk about he uploaded every day, little views. And then, I don't know, like after like a certain amount of years, he had that just that one like, game-changing yeah. video like what what's like your views on that then like i think i think that look, don't get me wrong i'm not you know I, th I think there are genuine influencers and in, and in, and social media um professionals you know that have worked hard and have grafted and, and have done yeah, that yeah. And i think i think social media has become a thing where um television perhaps used to be that i think you now have the ability to to get your message, get your, I mean, similar to what we're doing now, you can get your message out there without having to be on television or you, without having to be on mm. radio, which used to be a, a platform for celebrities, you know. So I think, I think there are genuine people out there that actually have worked hard. Yeah, because when I see like certain stories, it's still like, I think it might just be misleading because it looks like just video put out there and then like goes trending, but then there may be like the backstory where you don't see them, I don't know, just upload like, you know, like five years ago where they're still uploading YouTube videos, but it's getting yeah. like 10 views, but they're still like, oh, okay, I'm gonna carry on. Yeah. And they're probably getting like loads of hate from their friends back then. They're like, yeah. who does this guy think he is? And then five years later, they are where they are. And they're like, yeah, yeah you, and, I knew him back then. So I think there are, there are don't get me wrong, like, there are people that have grafted, you yeah. know, to, to get there. Um, and, and do you know what? I think given my time again, if, if you know, I was younger perhaps, and someone put the social media in front of me and went, this is your platform to success, mm. you would take advantage of it. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and we are to a degree now. You know, we're taking advantage of the, of the platforms that actually make sense to us. You know? um, but, and this is where the but comes in, 
I think you do it as an influencer properly and you graft and you buy the equipment and you hustle and you watch and you learn and you, you make mistakes but mm. you keep going. For me, absolutely crack on. I think there's, there's absolute testament to that. The ones that are wrong are the ones that get the phone and go, yeah, I'm just going to film myself and be an influencer. That's bullshit. That's not, that's not graft. That's yeah. just chancing it. And so I had this realisation that I was going down this wrong route of I'm never going to be an influencer. I'm never going to be you know, an Instagram model. So I canned it and came off it and, and you know, I thought, right, I'm putting my attention into the business. And I think for me, you know, that was the right thing to do. And I've channeled all my time into the business and we've grown the business tremendously in the last two and a half years. And, you know, now we're, we're utilizing social. Now we're utilizing social media. Um, so I think, I think that for me is where it goes wrong. And, and, and it's not, look, you know, social media, all those things, absolute opportunity, absolute, you know, um, game changer for businesses if you play it right it's it's ridiculous but it goes back to that you know, the original point of the entitlement culture people are looking at it the wrong way and people are seeing it as this as this thing that they can be successful with without much without any work without any work yeah. and, and that's where it goes wrong and and I think when you couple that then with um, it's all become too easy there is no recourse really in failure um, I mean, we think about our industry in, in recruitment. How many CVs do we see with people that are six months, eight months, nine months, a year? They're still getting jobs. Mm. And, and you kind of look at that and go, that's, for me, that's bizarre because I was always taught that you couldn't hop around with a job because it looked bad on your CV. But now it's like, well, does it really? You know, um, do people care? You know, the whole problem, and, and like I say, we're, we're talking about entitlement. Um, it's just all become too easy, you know. And 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 you know what? People comment when I put posts out. Bits people go, yeah, but every generation it's got easier. Every generation, you know, has has been better than the next. Yeah, fine. But but what does that mean in twenty years' time? What what's going to happen then? Literally, we're just going to be like, just stay in bed. Just stay in bed. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Just chill. You know, we'll sort out something, we'll sort out money, just chill. And I think that's the problem at the minute, is we're, we're in this period now. And actually, I think what will happen is there will be an implosion, I think, because everyone pipes up at me on social media and goes, look at the productivity of work from home. You know, all these businesses are booming. Look at the reduction in mental health. All these, you know, stats. Yeah, I was going to ask that, like... Um... Because there's that thing of like hard work versus smart work and work from home, traveling. But see, like, yeah, every, everyone chucks that out. Everyone yeah. goes, yeah, work smarter. Okay. We all obviously do, but you have to work hard. Mm. I, working smarter for me does not, is not the only um, secret to success. You know, working, um, working smarter for me, you have to work hard. I don't care who you are, what you are, you have to work hard. Um, so I don't like that comment and people shoot me down all the time go, yeah why wouldn't you work smarter you've got to work hard still you know uh, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo absolutely he will work smart of course he will he's the hardest worker in any football team I don't care who you are it's like it has to work in harmony like you have to yeah. you have to work hard um, but I think I think there'll be an implosion because I think what's happening at the minute is is people are using these kind of stats it's like you know it's like when you have a new idea 
So, so you'll know this from a marketing standpoint. You have a new idea, it's fresh, it's fun, it's, it's cool, you will see results. You will. You know, there's a little bit of kind of um, novelty element, there's a little bit of whatever. Everyone buys into this new idea, everyone kind of thinks it's really cool, so you go 100 miles an hour. After a period of time, that starts to dip. After a period of time, kind of the, you know, everyone's kind of enthusiasm's gone a little bit, there's a new shiny toy somewhere, the focus has gone a little bit. Um, so actually, the results aren't there. You know, actually all of a sudden it's like, okay, that wasn't as good as perhaps we thought it was gonna be. I think we're in the novelty period right now of this whole work from home mentality. I think we're, it's too early to look at stats properly and go, that's the best model. I think, I think we're too early, you know. If you think from when COVID really kind of went and now we've got this whole work from home culture, it's too early. You know, so, so I, I saw a post and, and I kind of commented on it. So Alan Sugar was going, I don't like it, I don't agree with it, you know, I've built businesses, I've built an empire, we never did it, look at where I am kind of thing. And I go, yeah, that's tried and tested. Do you know what I mean? That model of everyone in the office, everyone working hard, that is tried and tested, and it's proven. People have built successful businesses, and they've built successful empires, and they've built successful careers with that model. You can't argue that right now, because it's not been long enough. You know, we're still on this kind of wave of fun. We're on this wave of um, novelty. You, you know, we're not five to ten years in going, yeah, that's proven now. The stats are there. You know, we're not. It's too early. And, and actually what I'm starting to see is actually people are going, yeah, you know, work from home's okay. But I'm getting a bit lonely. I'm getting a bit bored. Um, I miss the team. So you're starting to get people yeah. now creeping back. So actually what's happening now is the hybrid model is yeah, becoming... Yeah, like, that's why I like the hybrid. The, the hybrid model is absolutely perfect. You know, it's absolutely perfect because I think the, the old way was wrong because it was too restrictive. You know, I, I remember having to make up a lie because I felt guilty about going to the dentist. Oh yeah, yeah, my, my, my kid's sick. I, you know, it's like, that's mental because you feel bad because you're going to the dentist, mm. you know. Like, who cares? Go to the dentist, whatever. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's Just... like a great mixture of, like, you're still in the office, like, like soaking up learning from the team, and then, like, obviously building relationships with everyone as well. And yeah. then when you're at home, you can just, in silence, just get, get, get your I hate work at home. I, like, I, I do. I hate working at home. And that's because I love being around people. Mm -hmm. I love the competition. I love the buzz. I love the banter. I love ad hoc conversations. I love sporadic conversations. I love listening to something and going, that's a really good idea. Do you idea. reckon it differs per, per, like, per role then, like in different departments? Cause, Possibly, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like in sales, you'd want to just be like talking, like you love, you know. I'm a control freak, you know, I, you know me. I, I want to be involved in everything. So for me, being at home and, and being away from it is really hard. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I, you know, I argue that I, I think I think anybody, you know, you learn, you learn. And, and so that's where I think there'll be this implosion. I think what will happen is people will realize actually work from home isn't the, the answer and isn't the be all and it isn't the end all. And there'll be cultural challenges. There'll be mental health challenges. I'm seeing that more now. So the first wave of work from home, everyone's like, oh my God, mental health has reduced. It hasn't. Actually what's happened is all the people that suffered from loneliness, all the people that suffer from depression, all the people that suffer from anxiety, that's gone up. Because guess what? Going to work was a distraction. Being around people was a distraction. You know, if you're sitting at home and you're stuck in your head, that's the worst yeah. place to be. I, you know, I take it from me. I was someone that suffered with anxiety for a long time and, and I suppressed my anxiety with alcohol. The hardest times for me 
was when I was on my own. Because I'm in my head. Mm. You know, the worst place to be is in your head. That's a good perspective to look at, because obviously when I read the, uh, the comments on your LinkedIn and people are like, you know, arguing back at you, it's because they're, they're saying how much it, it's better it is for them because um, it's easier to fit around family life, more time with the kids, but then which, which on, it is. there's a flip side to it that, um, that you just mentioned. It is. massively is. A lot. You know, I've got kids. It's so much easier. I can pick the kids up. You know, mm. I went through periods where I didn't see my kids. You know, I worked from seven in the morning, I'd leave the house, or half six in some cases, half five when I was in London. Um, I wouldn't see the kids. You know, and I'd get home, if I was in London, I'd get home at nine o'clock. I wouldn't see them. Six or nine. So, you, so you, miss, you miss morning, breakfast, you miss school run, you miss bath time, bedtime, stories, you miss all that. You know, so, so don't get me wrong, you know, work from home um, has definitely given people that ability to have that balance. But I also know, and, and I'm better now, but you know, I need to be around people because that's just who I am. Yeah. If I was in the period I was in 12 years ago when I was struggling with life, if I was on my own every single day, I, I would have really struggled, really struggled. And, and people argue, you know, the argument people give now is, yeah, but we've got all the remote tools that can create the virtual culture. It's not the same. It's not the same. You're sitting in the same four walls, you're staring at the same screen, you're staring at the same window, you're not having interaction, you're not having people conversations. It's hard. You know, so there is that element definitely where I think there'll be this implosion of, uh, and we'll talk about this in more detail, I'm sure, but there'll be this implosion where people suddenly go, yeah, actually, that's not the right thing. Fully remote isn't the answer, you know, because what will happen then is productivity will dip because mental health will increase, loneliness will increase, depression will increase, boredom will increase, productivity will dip. Mm. And then people will go, yeah, shit, this don't work. You know, we've got to come back to a, a better balance. Um, and, and I don't care what people say, you cannot be the office culture. You cannot create yeah. that virtually, you know. Yeah, but we do drinks on a Friday that's not the same yeah, I think that's why I chose to come in a lot more when I first started just just because I wanted to be around everyone and learn and just yeah. get to know everyone better and I feel you, like you have to it's, it's fun you get to know people you build relationships how many relationships you know have been built through work yeah. marriages girlfriends boyfriends you, you know yeah. you, again you can't do that remotely yeah. to be um, fair like, I had a friend who started, started a new job and his onboarding process was online and he was he was quite upset. He's like, I, want, I really wanted to go into the office. I, you, you can't do it. I, 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 I think there's certain things you can do at home and it's cool and it's great and, and I'm all for it and hybrid working and all those kind of things. Absolutely great. You know, I don't want anybody giving me bullshit. You know, oh yeah, I've got to do this today. Actually, just, just do whatever. Like, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you know what I'm like? I don't care. As long as the work's done and the results are there, I don't care. Um, and I'd rather that and have that honesty and that transparency and, and you know... Um, because like I say, I, I you know, used to have to make excuses to you know, go and see my kids' nativity play. Like, oh yeah, no, I've got a sick bug. I can't, you know. It's like, just go and watch the nativity play. Like, I'm a workaholic. Like, everyone knew that. About, even when it wasn't my business, I was a workaholic. So it's kind of like, why do I feel guilty about going to see my you know, kids' nativity play? But that was the culture. Um, so there will be an implosion. But I think, I think okay, all of this stuff and, and, and you know, like I say, the work from home and all these things, it has created this easy world you know and and we need to make it harder again hmm. what's know? like um a scenario or a story like in, um in the recent years of where you saw like entitlement within someone you did that just like really shocked you like, wasn't well, shocking uh, i mean the girl i mentioned the girl i interviewed that lived 10 minutes down the road but wouldn't want to come in the office that for me was shocking um yeah. i think um an 18 year old that i'd hired um 
to to work for me but wouldn't get out of bed in the morning um wouldn't turn up to work on time um would take a two-hour lunch break you know things like that just mental behavior that you just think would never ever happen when i was that age and i was working because i was so fearful of everything you know being late was so bad you know taking longer on your lunch break was so bad um but but yeah an 18 year old that just didn't really care um took a two-hour lunch break so he just thought that's all right yeah do that and, and it was like and i remember having a conversation with him going do you not think that's weird that we all do 40 minutes lunch break or in some cases half hour some people just don't go for lunch and you had two hours did that not seem a bit odd it's just so oblivious mm. so oblivious you know um not setting an alarm or, or actually worse turning the alarm off and not getting up in the morning Mate, i get so scared when i have no alarm i don't know why just but, but who who when they've got the responsibility of going to work would turn that alarm off yeah i mean that to me is like do you not care are you not scared of your boss sacking you it for me those are all examples of where this entitlement comes from and and you know i don't know why that's happened well I do know why it's happened and that's what we've been talking about but I don't know I suppose for me it's so foreign to have that mentality you know because it's like you've got to go work that's your job that's your responsibility you have to go to work and the, I guess the tough part for you is now you're like I've got to make you learn so now I have to be the like the bad guy like in his eyes well, and just yeah you know, and, and, and you, you, know, you know me and I hate being that guy mm. you know I'm, I'm one of those people that I would much rather guide and educate and help rather than give you a kicking when you do it wrong. Yeah. I want to give you the tool so I know that we don't have to have that kicking conversation, you know, rather than I'll give you a kicking when you fail. That's just not who I am. But, but certain people, I, kind of, I have to have that conversation because this is so bonkers. Yeah. Why did you turn your alarm off? Why aren't you here? Why did you think it was okay to have a two-hour lunch break? But they just don't know. You know so my, my daughter, as you know, was due to come in for a, a marketing discussion to do a rec- um, social media coordinator job. And she hassled me about it. For weeks, when am I going to do it? When am I going to have that meeting? When am I going to come in? When am I going to have that? And I was like, oh my God, like you're driving me nuts. Like, okay, fine, we'll do it, you know. And, it, and again, it isn't because I need my 13-year-old daughter to be a social media coordinator. I don't, you know, we'll be fine. Um, but yeah, look, you know, if she wants a part-time job and, and it gives her a little bit of experience in the workplace and she gives a little bit of responsibility and she can earn some money, yeah, great, we'll do it. So she badgered me, badgered me, badgered me. I finally crumbled. I was like, yeah, fine. Right, we'll book it in Friday, 10 o'clock. You know, we were here Friday, 10 o'clock. She didn't come in. And then, of course, I asked her mum. I'm like, well, why, why is she not in? Oh, she didn't want to get out of bed. I'm like, what? I'm like, this was her moment. Yeah. This was her moment to come and have that conversation. And she didn't want to get out of bed. And it's like, Jesus. Like, that, again, for me, is just this, this bonkers mentality that these, these youngsters have. Put it back into context of the entry we're in. SDRs, yeah? Sales Development Representative. So, so that's the equivalent of what used to be lead generation, inside sales, been around for years. Those guys are typically either out of uni, so first jobbers, or they're second jobbers, yeah? Typically. Young, hungry, motivated, you know, start at the bottom. That was what the role was. And what they're doing typically was cold calling. Brutal, it was hard. Yeah. You know, you're there, right, your KPIs, you've got to make 100 dials a day, you're on the phone, that is the job. You're gonna smash, it's gonna be horrible, you're gonna be making cold calls, that's your job, you're gonna learn, yeah? That was what it was. 
typically it was 30k in London, maybe 35. Um, but it was a you know junior role, junior sales role. You're going to come in, you're going to learn. Now, that job is paying 60k. Wow. Because it is. There's no, there's no logical answer as to why that is. It's because that's what somebody somewhere is paying. Someone somewhere is going, yeah, I'll pay my SDR 60K. Yeah. Probably. Everyone else is competing for it. Well, it, it, probably because it's a, it's, a, it's a financially backed or PE backed or venture capitalist backed company that have got a load of money and they're going, we don't care, we'll just go and hire all these people. And, and that's happened and it's out there. And these SDRs are now getting approaches about 45K and 50K and 60K jobs. So they're then going, hmm, I'm a 60K candidate. Actually, I'm really underpaid here. I'm a 50K candidate. I'm a, you know. But what's funny though, and, and, and where we then see this, and this, this is kind of where it fuels this entitlement mentality as well. So they go and get a job and they go and get a 60K job. The CEO of that company or the sales director of that company suddenly goes, Jesus Christ, we're paying this person 60K. They're rubbish. So they let that person go after three months or six months. That person then re-enters the employment market going, yeah, I want 65, 70. Because they've just had 60K. Even though they just failed but at the like, previous job. But yeah. you weren't a 60K candidate. You failed because you weren't a 60K candidate. Yeah. But you're now telling me you want 65, 70. Bonkers. And and they're not for recruiters. Honestly, it's bonkers. And people have... Uh, we've created that. The world has created that. You know, youngsters haven't become these, you know, arrogant, um, entitled individuals. We've created it. And we've created it because the world's too easy. We've created it because there's no recourse. We've created it because we give them too much. It doesn't matter if you fail at school. It doesn't matter if you fail your first job. You can live at home till you're 30 or 40. Um, it doesn't matter if you don't want to get out of bed. You know, it's become too easy. And, and I think we have to make it harder. I think we have to. As parents, we have to make it harder. I think as employers, we have to make it harder. I think it has to be harder. Otherwise, we're going to create a culture of snowflakes, as I call it. You know, mm. we're going to create a culture of soft people that don't know what real success looks like. Yeah. And, and ultimately, they will fail. It is important, man, because especially when I was going through like, my GCSEs, I had like such massive fear. I remember, because I compare it now with like my sister's friends that are going through GCSEs, and it's kind of like if they failed nothing really happens yeah. but I was like to my mum mum what are you going to do if I fail she's like you're going back to Philippines <laughs> that's well, what she said but, but that, that's and I guarantee that would have been true yeah. that's fear she was like because if she said if I started like misbehaving here and just not literally being counterproductive and making their lives harder I'd, she was like you're going like military yeah. school back in Philippines I was like yeah I've got a pass now <laughs> uh, you know so yeah I just but that's fear that's good fear healthy fear mm. there is no fear right now there is no fear because they'll get a job, they'll get more money, they'll work from home, they can live with their parents. There is no fear. And it's, and it's created this entitlement culture where they're just going, well, I should have that. You know, why should you have that? Well, I just think I should. And it's like, there's no logic behind that, you know? And, and I think the answer ultimately is we've got to make it harder. We've got to make it harder. We've got to make it um, tougher. We've got to make, there's, there's got to be recourse. There's got to be some kind of uh, reaction there's got to be some kind of a you know if that doesn't work that's a problem you know um, and there isn't that right now 
Uh, and I think that's a cultural thing. That's a, it's a social media thing. It's a technology thing. It's a world thing. It's all become too soft, too easy, too nice. Mm. 